the very first model who started wearing extensions was Naomi. And actually, extensions became a way of life. I remember when Chris Rock was a young comedian, he used to laugh about it in his in his routine and talk about, you know, the young women wanting to look like they were white. But that wasn't a reason. They were really trying to just preserve their hair and have people who could say, yes, I can handle this hair. It was not because they didn't have a lot of people who really basically understood how to use the detective hair. There were some whites who did know, who learned it, but not enough. And so to keep you from losing a job and to keep a job, you just bend that way. They didn't want to look white. They just wanted to keep a job. And that is the legendary godmother of fashion, Beth Ann Hardison. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. 
Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. It's the greatest in sports and entertainment connected with every champion and carry champions to be a champion, a champion and carry champion. That girl, you did it. Got a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment. My next guest is eloquent. She's elegant. She's très chic. She is um, je ne sais quoi. These are all my French words. In fact, many people, as you well know, look up to models and fashion icons like Naomi Campbell, Tracy Ellis Ross, Zendaya. Get her name right. Zendaya? It's Zendaya. <laughs> Excuse me. But they look up to those people. And I will say this. It's hard to find who they actually look up to. But today, that is my guess. They look up to Beth Ann Hardison, the model, the founder, the activist, and now the documentarian. Her film about her upbringing and her journey on leaving her mark in the fashion world is out now in theaters. And let me tell you, you must, you must take the time to watch this because the history, the stories, uh, the proof of life is something that you've never seen before. It will really inspire you no matter what industry you're in and no matter what your discipline is. We have her on Naked today. Now I'll ask you to be a little patient because we did the interview a little bit outside. And by saying outside, you may hear some things in the background, but understand if you can get Beth Ann Hardison, you get Beth Ann Hardison. Welcome to this edition of Naked Charles. Well, first and foremost, Naked is just truly about people we honor. So when they said you were available, um, I was thrilled. I have heard so much about this film, this documentary that you have, Invisible Beauty. Yeah. Um, and and I must say um, that what you represent is everything that I represent. So again, honored and thank you. Can you tell us about um, this film and what people can expect? The film is a film, uh, a young man named uh, Frederick Chang, who's my co-director and myself. We, we co-directed the film. It, it tells a story of my, st- tells a story about me. It tells about a segment of, tells me about growing up in Brooklyn, my family, myself, but it also basically winds up telling you a lot about the advocacy and the activism that I did in a certain period of time. 
in regards to the model industry and the fashion industry to sort of help to see that the, the, the industry had changed so much that the, the fashion model of color had disappeared. And that disappeared for a too lengthy a time. It was more than a, like a trend. It just became a situation that became me knowing the industry as I had known it, knew that it could be better. shouldn't be that way. Uh, and I sort of made some sort of differences to make a difference. And then it changed. I, I have read about you and I know about, um, and you can correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, about your upbringing, uh, Brooklyn, Bedside to be more specific. Bedside. You live with your Say it again. Bedford-Stuyvesant. Oh, Bedford. Okay, good. Okay, good. Making sure. That was, yeah, we got to make sure we get it right. Because I don't. I didn't grow up in. We, we I grew up in Bedford-Stuyvesant. Bedford-Stuyvesant is far when I was long gone. Far different. Yeah. Far different. Yeah. And then, from my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong. You lived with your father in Crown Heights at, at, at a period of time. Yes, I did. And then. Uh, and then, from my understanding, you were the first in a lot of rounds, like the first black cheerleader at your school, yeah. your high school. Yeah. You spent the summers with your grandmother in North Carolina where you saw segregation firsthand. You were able to witness things in which I'm sure some of us could only know that we would watch in television yes. today. And all of that, I believe, helped create who you are in this beautiful package inside and out. How did your upbringing make it imperative for you to start the Black Girls Coalition and be the activist that you are in the fashion industry? I don't, you know, honestly, a lot of people ask that. They wonder if I got things from my father. He was not an activist. He was an imam. They wonder if I, you know, maybe the things I did. I look back at them writing, sometimes trying to make sense of it. But I think it's just that certain people come to earth to do certain things. I think in my case, that was truly the case. I think I was just meant to do what I did. Whether I had gone to Wingate High School or not, maybe I would have done these things. But I never thought it was a leading to a situation. I was just at the right place, right time, but the right person. In my industry, I really believed that. I, I really believed that if you helped them to understand that the rabbit hole they were going down, that they showed it that they were making this error, that they were corrected. And, uh, and, but they would correct and then they would fall back. If you didn't stay right on them, they, they sort of slip back again. But once you literally let them know that no matter what their the intention is not, like when I wrote those letters, whether it's their intention or not, they use one black girl and no black girls or two, you know, with a group of 35 consistently, then no matter what they think, the result is racism. And I think in my industry, no one wants to think they're racist. It's interesting that you say that. Can we focus on that for five seconds? Because uh -huh. I do believe people genuinely don't think they're racist. Yeah. They have the, the favorite, I do have black friends, <laughs> but there is such a bias. There is such a social bias. And I hear about it to this day, especially in fashion. How much progress have you seen since you first broke through as one of the few, if not the very first supermodel there was that was black? Yeah. Well, we weren't supermodels, thank goodness. We were just models. We were top models. We were girls who worked with all the designers. It's true. Supermodel became a slogan in the mid eighties. But at the end of the day, uh, I watched things. We, you know, I was a runway model. I wasn't a print girl. So there's no supermodel there. Mm -hmm. Runway girls were different. We, we really serviced the industry, the manufacturing industry, the designers and print girls did editorial catalog, advertising commercials. They didn't do what we did. Uh, but eventually Calvin Klein changed business. Things changed. Next thing you know, the print girls on the runway. I think what winds up happening with us when you see the changes that we all had made 
And even when I started my model agency, yes, I had a, a white model agency with a black owner. I made sure it was diverse. But you could sort of see the things that were getting to change. It was good because all of a sudden, the black girl, because of Regis Penez, because of this French man who came to start American L in, in, in America, he liked girls of color. So he put them on the magazine covers. He put them inside the magazines. And that forced the hands of other uh, publications like Condé Nast and hers. So they start doing. So all of a sudden, for the first time, girls of color was getting equal time editorial. They were going, not only just doing studio work, they were going on location shoots. So it became a change. And that was great to see. And now it's even changed further. But, that, but it took a while. It took me about 10 years to get them to go steady. They went back and forth. They would fall. They would go three steps forward and then fall four steps back. Yeah. But it, it, it did change. It has changed. But I hear things often uh, from women that I know uh, that, that are in the industry um, that still complain of, I can't find the right foundation. I can't find somebody to do my hair. I, I still struggle with some of the, the true, the tried and true, um, black issues of a black woman. Yeah. Have you seen a difference? Yeah, because there was a time, there was a lot of times where they didn't have as many people who could actually, uh, understand the texture of hair of color. That's the reason why girls started wearing, uh, um, what do you call it? extensions? The very first model who started wearing extensions was Naomi. And actually, extensions became a way of life. I remember when Chris Rock was a young comedian, he used to laugh about it in his, in his routine and talk about, you know, the young women wanting to look like they were white. But that wasn't a reason. They were really trying to just preserve their hair and have people who could say, yes, I can handle this hair. It was not because they didn't have a lot of people who really basically understood how to use the texture hair. There were some whites who did know, who learned it, but not enough. And so to keep you from losing a job and to keep a job, you just bend that way. They didn't want to look white. They just wanted to keep a job. And that's still, and that still is the case today in many industries. No, no, that's not true. You think it's... No, there's more people. Now, if you go backstage now, you see it's a big difference. Surely sometimes people, are, there's still some person you're going to meet that might have some mm-hmm. story that says, I couldn't believe they didn't have my foundation and they're a blue black person. Well, don't expect that they're going to have your foundation because you're not common in the society. <laughs> now you've come from a certain place that makes it willing that sometimes you now can have the reason to have that. But there are times that people have said, you know, I know maybe say five years ago, they said they didn't have my foundation, but they, have, they are a blue black skin person. So they're not going to have your foundation because there are not yeah. enough of you that ever demanded it's like anything right now now they know how to mix things with the new different things with between uh, iman cosmetics uh, uh, rihanna cosmetics uh, uh, bobby brown cosmetics people learn so many shades because more people of those shades start to live in america in our environment in the model industry you can't blame the guy who don't know any better you just got to find a way to make sure that's what naomi can't i mean naomi sim used to do she used to mix her own color foundation. And that was back in the 70s and 80s, you know? So, and you find a way. As a model, we always found a way. Yeah, if you can't do it, I'll show you how. <laughs> You've, you are referred to by many, and um, and I don't know if you're a, a, a fan of social media, um, but <laughs> you are referred to by many, which I think you know is the godmother of fashion. And there is a... 
there is a group of women that I follow in different industries that may or may not know each other, but they have posted (laughs) the teaser, the trailer, if you will, of this film. Um, And and it's an homage. How does that make you feel? Like people going out to see the film. (laughs) 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 That's what we want. No, it's a really a good film. People love the film. It's like a, it's been a crowd please. I'm so happy for everyone because they're so taken with it. You know, they it's not a fashion film. It's fashion related. That's the good news. It's uh it's had so many layers. People cry. People find a lot of humor because I'm funny and witty. But they really <laughs> a lot of people find so much emotion. They're moving. Men cry. Teenagers, women. I mean, there's a lot to it. So. It's wonderful that everyone, no one says, yeah, it was, I thought it was okay. No one says that. So that mm-hmm. says a lot that, you know, that's a testament to the good product and d- good production. And I'm very proud of that. And I yeah, also you, like people seeing it in the movies there. Yeah. So that's very important. I, yes. Because, I think you, know, you make a, yeah, I'm sorry, honey. I know. I was going to say, that's what I wanted to do. I didn't want to watch it on the film. I wanted to go sit and watch it and have the experience. You're larger than life. And that's what we need to do. Exactly. It's really that kind of film. We made it. The quality of the film, music, the sound, the look of the film, everything is, you sit there and you want to have it with the audience. When you listen to the audience all laugh at the same time. I went to Yellow Springs, uh, Ohio to meet with uh, uh, Dave Chappelle because he wanted to screen the film in his little local theater there in Yellow Springs. And he did. And just to watch, listen to people, you know, laughing at the same things or all laughing at the, the, the audience experience is really wonderful. I wonder how you see yourself. Are you one that can take compliments? Uh, when you are so revered and admired, can you receive compliments? Or is yeah. it uncomfortable for you? No, I, people say I'm, I'm too modest and all that stuff. If I, I can take a compliment, I'm just not someone who's going to talk about me in some, so much in a lengthy way. I need a backup band, you know, like a, you know, your crew. That comes along and says, ah, oh, get out of the way. Let me tell you how about her. That's, that has always worked most of my life. But I, I'm very, you know, people do say I'm a little too modest in my thinking. Like I say to a lot of the audiences that I didn't know I had a story. And they're like, mm-hmm. you got, after they watched the film, how could you think that? Well, now that you've seen the film, I know I have a story. When I saw the, the four hours of footage that Frederick had put together, yes, I knew then I had a story. But up until then, you're busy doing the work, you know, you're, you're just out there doing the work and you don't think you have enough footage. You don't think you have enough uh, archives. And then you find out you do have that much and you really can, you know, see what you've done in the past. But when you're doing it, you're just fleeting, you know, you're just doing it and, and, and bouncing. If someone stops and puts all this stuff together, then it changes your own perspective. Why is that? Why is it checklist, 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 move on to the next? Without stopping and understanding what the what you've been able to accomplish, I can stop and understand what I can do, but I don't overpack myself on the shoulders because there's so much more work to do. I mean, mm. in the end of the day, you know that you know. Oh God, you know what it's like to write those letters. That that was a major move. You know, you write letters telling the whole international industry that this is you, you, you're slapping them on the hand, but you you do it because you have to keep believing in the people who you're poking. I just do believe that they, once they see it the way I'm saying it, they're never going to think of wanting to be that person. So sometimes you just do things and you hope it works and then you just keep it moving. Just got a bigger life than just what you did. Be right back. We got to pay some bills. We have more with Beth Ann Hardison. 
Every champion and carry champions to be a champion. A champion and carry champion and carry champion. A champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment connected with. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Juan Gabriel Juanquis Selena Selena Celia Cruz Azúcar Carol G La Bichota Christina Aguilera Extina Just to name a few We're serving the whole story From rags to riches And all the tea in between I'm Liliana Vasquez And I'm Joseph Carrillo And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2 Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph! Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. 
And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Welcome back to Naked, everyone. I appreciate your patience. You know what we do. Pay those bills here. Uh, Today, again, we have the living legend, Beth Ann Hardison. When you think of the the fashion industry and your contribution, how have you left it better? Well, Well, we have really uh, made a difference. We let, you know, people know, like Rise Magazine, that Black girls and Latinas get married and Asians get married too. That was a great thing <laughs> that I did when I had my model agency. <laughs> Having a white model agency helped a great deal because you get to see the deals. You get yeah. to see who gets what, who gets what. You know, you get to see that you can, you know, step out and have the, the, the backup of some celebrated faces to help tell the the international press that that this is happening in my industry. And it helped because nobody wants to think that they are racist. Not in my industry because they're creative. But, you know, I tell them oftentimes liberals are borderline racist, oftentimes out of ignorance. You know, you can say you don't want to be, you can say I'm not, but you just got to be careful not to go down the rabbit hole that makes you look like you are. And that's based on ignorance more so than completion. Because if somebody really told me they were racist, they didn't care, they didn't get those black girls out of my face, I would just keep it moving and go on to the next person I think I could convince. But that never happens. It's always like, okay, okay, they, they, they got it right away. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, it sounds like you put humanity with the marginalized. You've made the black and brown girls be human uh-huh. as opposed to not being human. We get married too. We yeah. have issues too. Yeah. We have the same exact heart we beat like they do. That's what it feels like to me. Do you? Do you see it that way? No, I, I, you know, it's interesting you say that. I never thought that they didn't think that we were each human too. But I always knew that we were falling into some sort of like vacuum if we didn't, if we didn't racially integrate. I feel the same mm-hmm. way when it's all black. I want to see some brunettes. I want to see some redheads. I want to see some blondes. When I talk diversity, I'm gangster with that word. I mean it. I'm not just trying to help black people. I'm trying to help white people. That's always been my issue. I'm trying to educate people from just losing the opportunity to know each other. We're so much better when we know each other. I think you created the Black Girls Coalition. I was, I I know you created the Black Girls Coalition within what, 
was your purpose when you said, this is what I'm going to do? I'm going to create this coalition to do what? It was really based to get them to recognize that that was the first time that that many Black girls were working in the industry in that manner, doing editorial. And the only way you could be part of the Black Girls Coalition is if you were editorialized. You had to be recognized. Mm. That way I could use your, what we say, as as, the, as Veronica says in the film, our good looks into activism. Was yes. advocacy, exactly the word, um, is because I was basically trying to help save my city of homelessness and make more people conscious of it. So I used these girls to get them together to show how they could take their, you know, their celebrity. That's true, because they're, they're in magazines and have them do this. And if they can, then they will see that they can work together as women, which is a lot of times doesn't happen. Then your models, that's even more competitive. You can work together as models and then you're black on top of it. You can work together as black. And look what <laughs> story we're going to bring. We're going to find little, little companies that care about homelessness and mostly about homeless children who are being double victimized. We're going to give them like $4,000 each and we're going to improve our industry and make them conscious of this problem we were having in our city in the 80s was really rampant with homelessness. So these are the little things. we. That's how I started it. But then at some given point, maybe four years later, I saw a problem in our advertising industry where they weren't reflecting their consumers. That's all. You were the change that you wanted to see. You've traveled the world. You live all over the world. Um, Is there one commonality that you have found, no matter where you are, among the, the human condition with people that you interact with? You know, each place is kind of different. I mean, a lot of places I live in, there's a, a certain amount of uh, compassion and kindness. Um, I like living in Mexico because, you know, people are religious there. I like living in Marrakesh and Morocco because people are religious there. There's that commonality. So I at least surround myself and bookend myself between those two worlds. Uh, everything in between, not necessarily people religious or culturally concerned and concerned about others like they are in those regions. But that's because that's part of their culture. And I like being around people who have don't have so much to remind mm-hmm. myself how important it is to look at how people can be so happy and not have 16 pair of shoes or 40, 40 dresses or many, you know, two Gucci's more than everybody else has. And, you know, and you find all these people have so much love. They, everybody, no matter what they look like, they're hugging and kissing and holding hands. And it's always wonderful to see. You don't see that necessarily in big cities where people are trying to get the rent paid. I love that. You don't need all the Gucci's and 16 pair of shoes as I clean out that's my right, That's true. Like we all have it. We all have it. We're all collectors. <laughs> and if you're a black person, you collect. That's the oh, way. You know. That's the deal. It's, that's it's, sure. it's, it's true. It's true. We can't help it. We can't help ourselves. We're like, give no. me, give me, give me. I know. Yeah. I, um, I'm a huge fan of yours. I love your son. I think he's amazing as well. Um, I think it makes perfect sense that genius beget genius in very different ways. I thank you for taking the time. I know you have such a busy schedule. Everyone go check out Invisible Beauty. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And not and just look, for this. And, and just so to add to it, Carrie, thank you so much, too, for having me on. I love looking at your face, even though you can hardly see mine. Uh, I just want to tell you that the film is playing in most cities right now, starting at tomorrow there in from New York, the West Coast, the East Coast. And to please look it up on invisiblebeauty.com, uh, movie.com, invisiblebeautymovie.com, and you can see the, the, the schedules of where the films are. 
So it's really wonderful that we had this opportunity with Magnolia uh, Pictures to be able to have the film in the theater because it meant a lot to me to make this film that way. It is a project that I'm sure that we needed. And even if we didn't know we needed, I'm glad you did it. Needed it. Needed it. It's not even a word. you're going to go see it. And that's what's most important. I will go see it. I will send you an email. I'll send your people an email. I'm looking forward to it. As you're telling this story, I visualize myself sitting, laughing in the theater (laughs) saying, Good for you. Good for you. You did good. And thank you so much for this. Uh, Thank you. I really appreciate you. Now, I know you guys heard me say this just really quietly to this woman. This woman is 80 years old, right? This 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 pioneer, this legend is 80 years old um, and she's no nonsense. And I didn't feel like we really could appreciate everything about her because she is so humble. I mean, if you did your Googles, as the kids say, you'd learn so much. She really is a special treasure. And I am glad someone in their right mind decided to honor her and celebrate her and document her legacy. And she was a full participant. Make sure you check it out. It's in theaters now. You just got to look it up, uh, bethannhardison.com and find out where in fact you can see it in your local theater. I appreciate her for being there. And she, my friend, is all of that. Honor it. This is it for this edition of Naked. See y'all next week. like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart. And I'm very forgiving, but like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. 
even working with you from Kerry Hilson, Adonis. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a mm -hmm. hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's and what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts.